no, that's crazy, you Satanist. How'd, how'd you know? <laughs> I've seen your bloody scrawls in your bedroom and candles lit up and black sheets. What about this tattoo? Yeah, that's the devil. <laughs> I'm Jason. I'm Dave. And this is the Mouth Noise Podcast. That is who we are. Yeah. Sometimes I like a chair. Um, yeah, you know, and uh, if I if I have to sit down, I'm gonna look for one of those two things. I I you know what I don't like? Stools. I'm gonna come right out and say it. Uh, internet. I don't like stools. Send mm. us your emails. If you like stools, maybe you like bars. Maybe you like drinking in bars. But I don't like I don't like stools. I don't like high tables. I don't like sitting at a four high top like a high yeah. top. When I get a choice of a booth or a table, you cannot tell me, you, no matter what you say, like you can act like you're having a good time, Veronica. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, no, let's just take the high top. It's I don't care how many wants- shots you've had, Veronica. Yes. Yeah. Vicky. You, yeah. You you were not happy that we get sat at a uh, at a high top table. Nope. With a rocky, like a like the, a super wobbly high top. Yeah, four, you can, you can jam all the coasters underneath one of those legs that you yeah, want. like it's all rocky. of the coasters. Yeah, it's really, it is really tippy. Real high center of mass. Uh, yeah, uh, I don't like them. I don't, I don't like them when they're stools. I don't like if they have a back on them. I don't like being up that high and dangling. It feels. Do strange. you like if you have to sit on a stool though? Do you like one with a cushion or do you like like a hard stool? Um. Well, I don't want to slip off of it. I think is the thing. I like. Uh, I like. The cushion is better for the pushing the drinks. I think. Yeah, <laughs> that's what they say. Pushing the drinks down my, my gullet. Your gullet. My, yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't. Well, like when you're throwing them down, you know. I think you that your stool consideration is important. I guess. Yeah. Is what I'm trying I mean, to you want to you want to be, <laughs> you want to be aware of your <laughs> of your stool at all times. Yeah. yeah. Best seat in the house is is the booth. Um, Everyone knows it. You mm-hmm. can't. Don't act like you're not disappointed. From now on, podcast listeners, when when people ask if you if you are fine sitting at the, the high top yeah. and there's an open booth, say to your wait staff, I would prefer the booth. Yeah. It's it's simply better. In all honesty, actually, I will I will when going into a restaurant, I've gotten too comfortable with regardless of where the wait person is walking me, I will find the seat that I want. Do you do you and I'll do you redirect? Re, do you do you react with disappointment when they don't send you to the the seat that you've chosen for yourself? Like that doesn't happen. Because oh, you if they're bringing me somewhere else, I'll say, "Oh, hey, can we can we have that?" Oh, one? interesting. I let them they they force me wherever they're going. Yeah. I just I don't take do it, it too often, but like I guess 
what I do most often is if I'm heading toward, if they're heading me towards a table or a, like a, a seat by the door, if it's cold out yeah, or a seat that's next to the television, I don't like sitting at. Okay. Um, I will usually say, Oh, can we have a booth? And oh, then nice. I'll usually end up somewhere yeah. else. But how do they not give you, I mean, I, so there's a whole other game to this. Like they're playing one game and we're playing another. Yeah. And the game that they're playing is how do I, the, the hostess or host, Either host way. with the most or the host, hostess right? with the most S, S, which isn't a word. Yeah. Um, they're trying to arrange people at tables so that the wait staff are all equally distributed. Right. right. There are a certain number of zones. There are a certain number of wait people. And that's the game that they're playing. But the game that we're playing is put us at a table where we're the most comfortable. Yep. Put us at the best table possible. I don't which care. From a if, customer service I don't care if Betsy has nine tables. She yeah. got all the booths. Everybody wants boots. Yeah. They're I didn't better. ask her to have this job. She chose this job. So <laughs> she needs to, if she has 12 tables in her zone yeah. and Joe has 12 tables in his zone and only has one of them if, filled and she has six. If well, Joe has all high top bar tables, yeah. that's a terrible zone. Yep. Get he, a different he zone, should ask Joe. To go somewhere else. Go steal some of Betsy's boots. You know what it is though? If what? Say, say Joe has, say Joe has more people in his zone. That means that he has a zone full of psychopaths. Because oh. they all chose high top. They chose there. Those people are they're like about efficiency, being close to the bar. It's like no man's land. Yeah, the high the high top is terrible. It is not a good. It is not a good table. It is not fun for anyone. All you're really saying is when you have a high top table is like, I guess some of your friends are gonna be fine standing. Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's <laughs> a, that's an awkward thing. And there are some of these places where you go, like there's a local bowling alley and there's a local. Um, there's a local dessert drinks and tapas place where there are high tops, not just a high top. It's hanging off of a column like it's a oh, table yeah. that's yeah, bolted yeah. to a column. So you can't stand directly across from someone because you're looking at a column that's holding the building up. <laughs> so you have to do this thing where <laughs> you're, like you're leaning around the column. Thank you, architecture. Yeah, I'll, I'll clarify. Thank you, bad architecture. <laughs> um, I know you need to hold the building up, but. Trust me. In all fairness, they could have not put that high top around that column. The I'm pretty sure the table is not load bearing. Yeah, no, the table's not. <laughs> well, it, I guess technically it is now, but I don't want to stand at this stupid column. Right. Yeah. Hey, you know, uh, meet me over at. No, we got a table. No, yeah. No, bring. You can bring. Well, you can bring some friends. Just know that you won't be able to see them. Uh, I I always hate when you know that you could get a. It's a busy restaurant. And you want a booth and you have two people, but you know that booths are kind of like not a lot of two person booths out there. Right. No, no. It's mostly like four people. And you're like I'm trying to think of somewhere. Just give like uh, there's a local diner in town that has like two person booths. Yeah. But they're I mean, it's they're all booths there. Um, right. But yeah, like if you have two people, you're like, oh, don't meet the minimum requirements. If you just had one extra person. Yeah. We could totally be boothing it right now. Yeah. Like we would be booth worthy at that point, but we're not booth worthy with two. I guess that's just kind like, of a, I'll buy an extra meal. How's that? Right. Like just I'll get. I'll I, tip you. I'll he, tip you extra. I don't know if you get, look at me. I'm willing to go for another. <laughs> I'm willing to go for like an extra thing. A whole of like, other meal. Uh, of waffles. If you just Ooh. put me at, put me at a booth. Don't make me sit at this awkward table right in front of the door right that that's wobbly and terrible booths are almost always solid they almost yeah. always have great great seating you know like they're really comfortable like they're always like leather bound yeah uh, so nice or vinyl or vinyl yeah, yeah. 
I, they're probably more vinyl than leather. Yeah. If we really With think a about thin it. skim coat, if it's possible, of Windex, of dried <laughs> yeah. Windex. Yeah. Like it, it might, might sometimes even just wet. Like yeah. <laughs> it's just straight up. They just grab the rag that they never wash. Yeah. They take the rag and dunk it in the morning and then they wipe all the tables with it for the rest of the day. Uh, yeah. Just dunk the rag. Your job, <laughs> your job is dunk the rag and, and, and wipe the table. One quick wipe. Doesn't matter if the table's still wet. And you sit down and like the, uh, there's the placemat sometimes, the paper placemat that is glued to the table because <laughs> yeah. of the water and paper. And I don't know how, what the science is, but it's glued now. What do you want for your placemat, by the way? What's your, what's the like best, like, I love a good placemat. I get that they're for kids. Why can't placemats be for adults? Well, let's let's rank placemats then. I'm not saying I want pornography on my placemat. Well, I'm just saying. Oh, what do you, what do I want on my placemat? Yeah, like because oh. there's, there's always sometimes it's just advertisements, advertisements. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know that I well, there's that always the the advert, and then there's a word search, and then there's a hangman, and then there's a uh, there's a uh, a match the picture. Where yeah. You draw the lines across. The yeah the uh, the the draw the lines thing. Uh, Word search is like, like a, a dumb crossword, right? Yeah. Like that's the deal. Yeah, like you don't have like, to answer questions. You kind of just blur your vision until you see words. Yeah. Until you start to see things and you're like real tricky. Wouldn't have thought of going backwards and diagonal. Right. That's the other thing is you have to, you have to know how, like you see, you see There's the word only- like uh, weft backwards one it's backwards or backwards diagonal. And you have to think to yourself, did this placemat company really are they really using those rules one there could be backwards words two there could be backwards diagonal words three we use the word weft (laughs) are they really going to go that far or is or is it just like first grade second grade rules all the words are forward or up and down yeah i i'm always curious about it too i hope that i here's the thing about word searches um there's not that many different ways to like throw people off. No. You know what I mean? Like no. it's only even at its most complex, it's like, here's the thing. It can be up or down. It can be left or right. Uh-huh. Yeah. But it can also be backwards or what? diagonal. Yeah, that's right. We're the first person who invented it was like, mm, I've never, uh, I guess we could just have words going left to right. Those are pretty easy to see. Hmm. Well, like somebody came in was like, Hey Johnson, why, why not try going? Uh, why not try going up and down? Well, won't won't that be, won't, won't the horizontal words run into the up and down words? Well, I suppose you're right, but, but, but what if that was okay? What if words contained letters of other words as well, and you could just circle or box them in with, uncovering up one letter and. Using it as part of the next word. I think we'll have to get permission from the Scribible team. <laughs> but but well, it's a new, new game they're know. developing on the could, third floor. I think the Scribbles would be be totally okay with it. I mean, their patent doesn't cover circling words in a page of this sort. I mean, uh, we'll really have to run it by the Perker brothers. <laughs> but I think we'll... Uh, I think you've got a solid idea. <laughs> you know, you know what that you know what that has me thinking. What's that? That has me thinking that we could write words backwards. No, that's crazy, you Satanist. 
How'd, how'd you know? <laughs> I've seen your bloody scrawls in your bedroom and candles lit up and black sheets. What about this tattoo? Yeah, that's the devil. <laughs> and uh, what about this other crazy rule I just thought up right now that just shows people how much of a madman I am? Hyphenated words. No, that's... With no hyphen. No, what? Or space. <laughs> there can't be... What? You're going to just not have hyphens or spaces? We're going to throw in two-word phrases, too. No, that's... No. Cattywampus. <laughs> We're going to put that... Is that in the search? Five lines down. I see. I found wampus. Backwards but I can't diagonal. Find, I can't find caddy. Oh, no, there it is. There it is right there. Yeah, it's in It's in my, my notebook under Bill Murray. Uh, yeah, that's exact. I know that's exactly how the the planning board meeting went for the yeah for the design of the word search. <laughs> the word search. They were like, uh, well, what do you think? You can start doing backwards, backwards and diagonals, and it's, it's crazy. <laughs> we're locked in. We're locked in. We, we got no choice. Do it. They put in. Um, they gave us. They gave us seventy five words. We only got room uh, ups and downs and lefts and rights for uh for fifty words. We're gonna have to start using diagonals. It's crazy. This oh, the overcrowding in word searches is a real serious issue. Yeah. And one of the most important things that we can talk to you about. Um, it's why uh, we're doing this podcast actually is to raise money to space out word searches to create some room. Yeah. Uh, if if you call one nine hundred five six zero three five, you can you can uh, potentially donate something to the. Uh, to the word search board of America. Yeah. And get those letters some space, the space they need mm-hmm. to, to run free. Um, we're going to have Sarah McLaughlin sing at this point, uh, something about word searches. Um, she wasn't available. Uh, oh, we, we didn't, didn't get Sarah. Yeah, no, unfortunately she, she sends her regards. Um, but, um, let's get those, let's get those letters apart from each other. Yeah. Let's, let's let's stop the let's overcrowding. Do people. This these E's and C's and D's and X's for that matter. Yeah. Um, deserve a space of their own. Yeah. They're I forever mean, they're forever sentences, if you think will. Think about when you're playing Scribble and you have a bunch of extra letters that you you need to throw down. Just think of how much easier it would be if you just had some more space. Let's all think about that. And yeah. And some more triple word combos. But we're not, we're not totally just talking about word searches today, Dave. Not entirely. I mean, I know you and I talked about it for like two hours leading up to starting sure. our recording. Yeah, today. definitely. Uh, and we'll probably continue talking about it. It's it's a pain to actually have to stop right now. But uh, what we're what we're talking about in this episode, I believe, is nostalgia. Nostalgia. Yeah. Yeah. And actually it's not, not that bad of a lead in cause you know, word search is a kid's game. Yeah. It actually, um, it's, it's, uh, it takes me back to sitting at, uh, restaurants with my parents and being terrible at word searches, Yeah, <laughs> you know, not having a pen. Oh, I'm trying to find, there's, there's always someone rifling through a purse or through, yeah. through some sort of, it came up with them those yellow big pens. <laughs> yeah. They had like a red, a red cap and a, Yellow body is yeah, classic. or no cap, and then you'd or, scribble, and then somebody would spill water, and it'd go uh, <laughs> now the placemat is forever glued yeah. to the table. Yeah, uh, and then they started doing. I feel a bit. Um, I don't know if it's a nostalgic feeling. I feel like there's a there's like there's like nostalgia, and then there's something that coincides with it, which is like um, child jealousy. Sure, like 
I see kids kids today, the kids today, let me tell you. Boy, those damn kids. They've got like they get like um they get handed out uh crayons. Like yeah. they've you go to they go to a restaurant, like a chain or whatever, and the and the restaurants I mean, because they've done research, they hand them like boxes of crayons. Yeah. Like they can literally just not not that this is surprising because A, crayons are just wax and B we're spending way too much money on whatever food it is microwave. Well, it's different there. if you're at a restaurant. It is never Crayola crayons. No. It, it is, is always, I, I forget what the, I think they just say crayons on the side. Yes. They do made, not say Crayola. They're, they're made by the Crayona. Crayona. <laughs> you know what we need to do? I know we've got the indelible marker market down. Uh, I think we've got a bunch of extra wax from the, the manufacturer of our indelible markers. I, I have an idea. If we just put some dye, extra dye in that that wax, we could maybe put a little paper wrap around there, and we're gonna what? we're gonna we're gonna step into the Crayola game. You well, crazy? Those those sons of bitches will straight up murder us. Well, we're in a time right now that's before uh, patent and copyright law. You know, it's uh, 1891, which is historically not before when patents were. Requirement, but uh, for this uh, fake conversation that you and I are having, it is, and uh, <laughs> I think we should have uh, we should we should make some crayons and just basically start making them. Look, I'm I'm just saying, before we get into that, we better get our affairs in order. The Crayola folks will mess with you. I'm not yep. having an affair. Nope. I mean our affairs, like our don't our you wheels. don't you say anything to Muriel. About my, my Look, crayon ideas. I'm just saying that if we get into that game, the streets are going to run like magenta or like a wild strawberry sort of color with our with our blood. Chartreuse even? Well, like a razzmatazz or like a brick red. I'm not, I'm failing to come up with colors. These are... Tomato, potentially. A radical red. Oh. Grapeity grape. Um, Plum? No, that's more of a purple, isn't it? Uh, I see what you're doing here, and you're you're not gonna you're not gonna change my mind. Well, uh, maybe like a red orange or a sunset. <laughs> Those are the days. Yeah, I used to love red orange as a color. Red orange. Yeah, like I loved certain crayons, and I and I and I don't. There's really no reason other than it had a long name. I don't know if I ever had the 64 box. I think I had one, and for some reason, every time I think of the flip-top Crayola box, uh, every time I think of it, I, I think of I think there was this this period where Crayola decided they were going to come out with all new colors. Yeah. For a time, it was like primary colors, black and white, um, and a couple other colors, and then all of a sudden they were going to come out with new ones, and there was like uh, a series of and it was a little, um, a little risky for them, but they came out with flesh tone colors. Crayola did. Oh yeah. And it was a box. I, like they they made made waves because it was like a it was flesh tones, but it was like a sixty four. Yeah, sixty four flesh tone. Yeah. Yeah. And what are you gonna do with sixty four flesh tone? Like right. that's that's for somebody who's very serious about making color coloring books like anatomically accurate. Right. <laughs> and not only not only coloring. The, the color of the people that they are, but also coloring all kinds of different colors of people. Sure. I mean, that's important. I do yeah. think that there's, 
there's definitely, you know, I think that that's a good change in general that, yeah. that they're making Crayola crayons to let people be, let people color in whatever, yeah. whatever I think way they before want. that literally Crayola had like a handful of colors, like cartoony colors. And they had a f- one that said flesh. Yeah. And it was like Caucasian person flesh tone or what you think of like a pinkish. What's hue. the worst Crayola color? Macaroni. I, I, macaroni. Macaroni is the worst. There's one? literally a macaroni color. I think it's that white crayon that the could, that barely showed up on anything. Oh right, you needed yeah, special, yeah. You needed special. You needed like special paper that would make. I mean, white showed up at almost nothing. Right. Like it almost didn't show up on anything. Like really coarse black construction paper. Right. And then, even then, you weren't getting a lot of white on that paper. You're just making the construction like, why paper shiny. Make, why even make the white crayon? Yeah. It doesn't make a ton of sense. Um, so this, I guess this, this kind of, uh, nostalgia would be sort of a negative, a negative reaction. That's then. fair. So yeah. Cause the that nostalgia works both ways. I think it's true. Like you, um, nostalgia is, I mean, I get nostalgic about food, you know, like I get nostalgic about, um, uh, movies like some, and TV. well on the food, on the food thing for sure. Cause the, there's that, um, there's the auditory and the, uh, what is it? The things that people generally relate to. There are auditory learners and there are shout it, shout it at your speakers right now. Listeners visual. (laughs) It's not going to, uh, yeah, visual learners, auditory learners. And I think there's a third, there there are many people learn many different ways, I guess is what I'm trying to say. If you shout it loud enough at your podcast or while you're walking down the street with headphones in, we'll hear it. And people will think you're crazy as you're like, right. But I think it's I think it's worth it. Yeah. Uh, you can also just write us an email. Um, we would really love to learn something in our email, and if you write us one, we'll we'll shout you out. Yes, it will literally shout out whatever it is that you've said. Yeah, we're not going to record it. We're not going to record it. No. Well, we'll just, no. We should. We could. We could okay. record it. Yeah. We li- it literally costs us nothing to record. It. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Only our time and our souls. Um. Yeah. Uh. I. I. Definitely. I mean, I like, I like a lot of things nostalgically that, that are, um, that make no sense now or like they're not good. That's the, that's the thing about nostalgia is that really it's, uh, it's stuff that really isn't all that good. Sure. And you know how you can tell, you know, you can tell nostalgia, like you can tell something isn't good is like make a kid watch the Goonies. Yeah. Make a child watch the Goonies and then see if they like the Goonies. Mm-hmm. And if if the child doesn't like the Goonies and or Ghostbusters or whatever, they're like you you instantly know that this is those those movies are about being a certain age at that time and watching them as opposed yeah, to being. I mean, I think that there I think there's something to be said for those movies. But oh, yeah, it's it's definitely a I don't want to say it's a generate generational thing. Because there are definitely some kids that that like the Goonies, um, but like it, I, I, it's very much the truth with like Saturday Night Live, right? Um, original SNL, like George Carlin years. I get it. I watch it. I don't. I'm not super entertained by it, but I have like a decade of SNL that I love and I cherish, right? And I always go back to. And it was like, um, I suppose like the end of the Eddie Murphy era um, and like up until maybe like 
Sherry O'Terry, Will Ferrell, mm-hmm. um, Chris Kattan, uh, was it Chris Farley? Um, yeah. yeah like he, everybody has their, everybody has their cast yeah. in that show. They have the show, they have the cast that they most, they most identify with that kind of locks in, um, who, who that show is. Right. For me, it's probably, uh, Carvey and Hartman and, yeah. uh, you know, Jan Hooks and uh, Dennis Miller yeah. doing Weekend Update. Like, that's my, that's like my 14-year-old watching SNL, staying mm-hmm. up late on a Saturday night. That's the late 80s, right? Uh, yeah, it'd be early late 80s, 90s. early 90s. Um, so it's, it's uh, that's, that's where, that's that feels like the cast that I compare people to. Yeah. Right? And that's the part about nostalgia is that, like, you're literally comparing them um, you don't get to watch Saturday Night Live as a fourteen-year-old anymore. You like right. we get to watch it through the cynical eyes of a forty-year-old and a and however old you are, <laughs> <laughs> not I'm forty, 40 right? So I'm, we I'm we get to watch it through somewhat cynical eyes, and that's the thing about nostalgia is that you don't, for whatever reason, the cynicism about the thing doesn't carry over to your feelings about it. Like yeah. if you were watching it fresh for the first time, you might be more cynical about all the stuff that happened. Yeah. It's not like you're watching those. If you watch those episodes now, um, you, you aren't, you don't bring cynicism to it. Like when you're watching them live, but when you remember them, when you're nostalgic about them, mm-hmm. that cynicism fades away. Like it right. generally is like, yeah, you know, like not every, not every, uh, not every sketch on SNL in 1989 or 90 was great. Right. But it just I, wasn't. I, but. I feel because I, I think that nostalgia is such a core. It's it's so, so at the core of who I am or it's like a chemical connection. Um, I feel like more of the sketches were on. But if you ask people about sketches like tear and kill them on up until what they have going on now, I think Bobby Moynihan is still on there. And um, but like I, I I'm not not super connected really to any of the cast members except for maybe Bobby Moynihan because I feel like he 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 has a similar style to the old over the top you know everything's kind of crazy SNL where the rest of the cast members I don't that they don't really do that for me but I'm sure there are plenty of other people that are enjoying SNL right now and it's all they know is what's playing right now for SNL so it's all they have to connect to is who's on there right now right uh, there are people who's Never, the thing about nostalgia, I think, is that it's frequently when your feelings about something are set. Yeah. Like, like you you'll you'll remember back to the moment that your that your feelings about it have been formed, mm-hmm. and you'll. I mean, at least this is for me. I can't. There's probably like psychologists out there that will tell tell us that that's not how it works, but we're nostalgic for that moment because that's when we first discovered something and that feeling of joy of first doing something yeah. is way higher than, uh, you know, way higher than doing it for the nth time, you know, the hundredth right. time or watching the 400th episode of SNL and being like, ah, oh, that's kind of similar. Like, Oh, another game show sketch. But you remember your first game set game show sketch or, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you remember your first weekend update, uh, bit that killed, you know? And now yeah. you think, well, that reminds me of Adam Sandler doing that. 
You know, yeah. like it's the downside of nostalgia is like you kind of don't give things a fair shot because new things will always be compared to old things. Yeah, it's never going to be that particular bit. So I guess let's let's try and take a look at locking down what what exactly do we think nostalgia is um, or how how do we get nostalgic for something? Hmm. Uh, I think for for me, I suppose one of the ways I got I get nostalgic about something is if I have limited access to something or I, I have I have limited limited access to many things, but I have lots of access to a small number of things and all kinds of time to spend with those things. So they become a comfort item um, for a brief period. The uh, the movie Anchorman, mm-hmm. I would come home from work. The DVD was already in. Yeah. And this particular job I worked very, worked very late and I didn't really want to think, but I would turn on it on the TV and what would be playing Anchorman. Cause that was what was in the DVD player. Right. And I would just fall asleep and my TV's sleep thing would go off, but it was like one of the first generation DVD players. So the DVD would just keep spinning all day long. Yeah. And then I'd come home from work at 12 o'clock or one in the morning, turn on the TV Anchorman, the, uh, the menu is playing again. So I just hit play and I'd fall asleep. Like, so I could tell you every word of the first 15 minutes of Anchorman. <laughs> and I guess for some people that would make them tired of it. But for me, because it was, it was deeply rooted in a comfort uh, ritual that I, for some reason, I love that movie. Yeah. And it's that reason. So there's, there's so speaking of movies, it's weird. What will get, um, what will make you nostalgic like there are things that are comforting. I'm, I've believe it or this is kind of stupid, but like I'd come home and fall asleep after like working a late shift at a call center. Yeah. And I'd, um, I'd literally like in the early two thousands, I think, um, I would fall asleep watching, I'd put on the matrix. Yeah. That's another <laughs> because, one. Because the matrix is, uh, was, a f- I mean, is the first matrix is a fantastic movie. Yeah. And, uh, and I would, I was just like endlessly entertained by it. But I was going to say the thing, the movie that when, when people talk about being nostalgic, I'm way too old for this to be true. I was, I was definitely like 21 at the time, but I was working at a, at a, uh, at a drugstore and every day they put on like on a, like a 13 inch TV with a VCR built in underneath it, <laughs> they would pop in a tape and the tape was, it was one of a couple things. It was, um, there was a Tim Allen movie where his son had been raised by like, uh, an anthropologist with a, with a tribe somewhere. Yeah. So he'd learned all of the jungle to jungle, jungle to jungle. Yeah. Okay. That was one of them. And the other movie was Jumanji with Robin Williams. Yeah. And every time Jumanji comes on, I watch it and I, and I get a, I get a blast of working in this Rite Aid. Yeah. Like behind the counter, ringing people up, selling. Uh, it was a liquor store slash Rite Aid because why not? Like that makes perfect sense. Yeah. Um, and I would be handing out alcohol and I'd be watching. I'd be watching Robin Williams in this movie and just seeing all the like all the beats are just like burned into my head. So that's that what movie. it is. That's yeah. that's that nostalgia. It's it's conjuring up. So so I guess we we briefly spoke about what causes these um, things to be ingrained into our our ourselves it's repetition i think is part of it 
it's there's a certain I think a certain wholesomeness that we attributed to at the time. Yeah, I mean, I think it's I I think that there's a warm feeling about it, but I also think it's just about like nostalgia. Um, I mean, sometimes it's just memory, I guess. Yeah. Um, but it's also just like, oh yeah, I kind of forgot about this. Like, it's easy to forget about my time working at Rite Aid. And the only thing that makes me think of it for this, for this, like, for whatever reason, consistently, is seeing this movie. Like, Mm -hmm. I see Jumanji and I'm like, oh man, Rite Aid. And smells come back. Yeah. And And then I'm like, alcohol, like selling alcohol at a, you know, and like, and it's just a flood of specific people probably that go in frequently. And yeah, people start coming back. Um, and it triggers off this one thing. Yeah. This one movie sends like, it's like unlocking a chapter of my life that gets to replay quickly. Yeah. Like on fast forward. So vividly. Right. Right. Like just stand out things like I'm not recalling every day, but it like, so this is how it goes. This will turn into like a very Pru- like Proustian thing, yeah. but Jumanji comes on and I'm like, oh man, the Rite Aid selling alcohol, handing out bottles t- and cigarettes to people. Um, uh, there was a terrible lunchroom that was filled. And I say lunchroom, it was like in the, it was like a skinny back. It was like a ch- strip mall. And there was like a, there was like a four foot wide, strip in the back that was just <laughs> boxes like nine feet high yeah. of stuff that needed to go out on the shelf. So it was just overstock. They sent too much. And in the very back, there was one little shelf and it might've been like a foot wide. And on that shelf, there were magazines, but there weren't any good magazines. There was literally just old issues of soap opera digest, which <laughs> is like, which is like, it's like 12 inches. It's maybe yeah. a foot tall, but it's only like six inches wide. And you just like, what happened? Well, it's like to, the same kind of format as a Reader's Digest. Yeah, like it's it's, and you'd read like what's happening to this person on you know, on Gen- and General Hospital, and right. you know what this person's leaving this show, and I had no idea who any of the people were, and there was no TV in it, and it, and that leads to me thinking that I just need to get out of there because I hate my lunch break. It's thirty yeah. minutes of me eating as fast as I can. And yeah. in this weird smelling back storage room. Well, like in the in the time I'm picturing, you don't have anything to placate you during this time. Like it's right. not like you're flipping through a cell phone. No, you didn't have a cell phone. No, and it's it's not like you're entertaining yourself at all, except for this. Your right. equivalent is soap opera digest. <laughs> and I like I'd pour through those things, man, like cover to cover. Like I just I'd read like, oh man, you know this this guy. I like I'd be following them sort of, you know, oh, I, I guess he didn't. I guess his character didn't die last month, like you said. <laughs> and they were all old. Like they're yeah. they all like they're all like that. People had set drinks on them and, you know. Right. Uh, some was, of the pages are glued together yeah. for some reason. Uh, it it was that's nostalgia in a yeah. way, I, I think it's probably I think probably more people would say it's a, a warm feeling of things that are things are better way back when yeah so that's the other question is there there are some people out there that are sort of critics of nostalgia um nostalgia i believe heavily drives the way people vote the way people consume um the sources of entertainment that they primarily have in their lives um, well sure the kinds of people they put themselves around their even their modes of transportation 
yeah um are deeply rooted in nostalgic thoughts and feelings and experiences well i mean there's a lot of people that say and i, I we're we'll avoid politics in general but we'll we'll say there are people out there that are like i just wish it could be the 50s again yeah and the 50s were a terrible time for huge swaths of the population yeah right like terrible uh the civil rights movement hadn't really come into like the there hadn't been sweeping governmental changes. Right. There hadn't the been any legislation yeah. uh, passed, heavy legislation. There were people that in their own um, in their own micro worlds, things might have been OK. But just outside of their door was either um, crippling oppression that kept them from right. getting out outside of whatever situation they were in. And maybe things were OK inside of their inside of the, I suppose, the bubble that they lived in. But go one step outside of that. Not that great. And those aren't things that you're thinking of when you right. think back to the the fifties. You're thinking of that delicious root beer float. You're right. thinking of how pies the, were better. Yeah, how TV was leave it to beaver. Sure. Right. And it's the thing is, TV has never been an accurate reflection of what things are actually like. Yeah. And um and things are not better. And you know how you know that is you're only thinking that gener that generally that nostalgia, that like negative remembrance or positive remembrance of things, times when they were actually not as good, only go back as far as the people that are living. Yeah. Right. Like the minute that you say like, well, things are better in the twenties or the the aughts, mm-hmm. you know, uh, no like one's in really say, mm, yeah, they were because no. there's no one around anymore who can right. say that. There's no one that would say that, and even people objectively would be like, no one is saying. I wish it were 1867 again. Yeah. You know, no one says that because they realize things like, well, there's medical advances and not everybody dies from, you know, from like uh, an infection and, you know, simple diseases get cured all the time. We have advanced uh, medical stuff. We can travel. There's the miracle of flight. No one wants to go back before people could fly in airplanes and stuff. Nostalgia only carries you as far back as there are people. Right. And people alive. So there's an end to it. And at a certain point, there'll be an end to the nostalgia for the 50s. Yeah. And I, like that sounds harsh, but. Yeah. They, and don't get, don't get uh, I suppose, us wrong. There were many great things about the 50s. Sure. Great but music. There were, yeah, great music, great cars. Yeah. Um, great, great radio programs. Yeah. Um, but at the, in the same token, um, I frequently will, will listen to some, like I, I love Hoagie Carmichael was a, a famous piano player from mm-hmm. I think the the really early 1900s might have been born in the late 1800s um, and played fantastic piano is one of my grandfather's favorites my grandfather was also a piano player um, and in one of his songs there were some really horrible lyrics I'm not going to repeat them sure um, racially specific lyrics with slurs that were just casually thrown into this really jolly song Um so there's that. I mean, it, it it was good music. The lyrics were terrible. Right. Um, so that's those are the kinds of things that when people talk about um, the, the critics of nostalgia, when they talk about why they are a critic of nostalgia, they're encompassing entire eras. Um, when I think the people that get nostalgic are not thinking, well, I don't want all of the 50s. I want, you know, I want baseball on a sunny day, you know, with those hot dogs. Right. They want, you know, muscle cars that don't have any, uh, you any know, modifications. Yeah, exactly. Or, yeah. And you, you don't have to worry about whether or not they, uh, 
whether or not they meet EPA standards. Exactly. And I want a job. I want every one of my friends to have jobs at the coal mining mine. Right. <laughs> well, yeah, back in those days, everyone had a job. Well, yeah. back in those days, everyone had miners long. Yeah. Uh, everyone had. And there were no safety. There weren't significant safety regulations. Right. Like people are nostalgic for only, this is generally speaking, people don't, nostalgia is a warm remembrance of things that's not entirely accurate. Right. Like it's, it's not, an idealized remembrance of, right. of a time or Is a Jumanji a great movie? Yes. It is. <laughs> Come on now. I, I will agree that it is a good movie. And I think you have a very specific reason of why it's a good movie for you. Right. Um, Shawshank, on the other hand, fantastic to everyone. And if you don't like it, you're wrong. Yeah, simply wrong. Yeah. Uh, and email us at, at uh, mouthnoisepodcast at gmail.com. And tell us about how Shawshank is not the greatest movie of all time. And we will embarrass you on yeah, the next it's true. Episode. We'll literally read your email on the air, word for word. And then say horrible things. And we'll probably hack your computer and figure out your social security (laughs) number and credit card numbers and read them in the next episode as well. We will destroy you. Yeah. That's, uh, we'll make it our lives mission, I guess. Yeah. Oh, Andy. (laughs) It's one impression I can't do. Uh, yeah. Nostalgia. I, I think we're going to look back on this episode. Yeah. Uh, and be like, it was a good one. I remember it as being one of our best. I have almost forgotten everything about this episode. Oh, remember the remember the time that we were talking about um, that thing? It was like just a few. We were talking about. Uh, oh like the, yeah. The, the uh, things were better um, at the beginning of this episode. Yeah, you know things were better before we um, 